0: You're listening to Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories, a podcast that inspires parents to feel courageous and confident in their parenting journey. Listen in with parent and child therapist Cindy Smolkin and Elisa Daly, Executive Director of First Foundation's Jewish Community Preschools, and meet real parents struggling with real issues. Tune in to help you and your children build resilience. Let's get connected.
1: Welcome to Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories. Today's episode is all about sibling rivalry. And Cindy, I know that this is a really hot topic in your office, and I feel like, especially in the pandemic right now, we're all living on top of each other. So our kids are living on top of each other, literally. We've brought in Karen and Jordan, and we're so grateful to have them with us this week. They are a queer married couple. They have two daughters, one is seven and one is three. Uh, And so let's get right into it. We're going to hear about what sibling relationships and sibling rivalry looks like in their home.
0: Karen and Jordan, thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of your time today, especially when life is so busy. And I know that you've got a bunch of children at home at the moment. So whatever disturbances happen, that's just the way things are, especially during this pandemic. Sounds good. So siblings, you have two little ones. What does the sibling relationship look like in your home between your two kids?
2: I think right now in the pandemic, um, everything is in extremes. Um, So either there's incredible deep bonding and play and or need for space um prior to the pandemic we were really struggling with our older child um behavior towards our younger child our older one is seven and our younger one is three and our older one has always been um very intense and have really big emotions um and our younger one has always been more of um I don't know if it's nature or nurture or probably both, but uh, more of an appeaser and kind of a more calm way of being. Um, and we sought therapy from you, Cindy, to kind of help with some of our older daughters. Uh, emotional regulation and sitting with these big feelings, especially in relationship to our younger daughter, because we started to see that our younger daughter had a lot of fear even of
0: her sister. Um, Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, did you feel worried about the dynamic between your older and your younger? Absolutely worried. It
2: was very, very painful for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that ultimately our older daughter had a hard time, you know, saying, I need more attention or, i'm feeling jealous or naming her emotions and instead her coping was to literally control every single breath that our younger daughter took she's always our older daughter was kind of born with this life force energy kind of like uh you've you know used the word gladiator a very gladiator energy um and a very i would use the word um because i'm also a therapist a hyper vigilant you know always on on the lookout for what her younger sister's doing Mm. um but since the pandemic and being home more um there's a lot
3: less lows Mm -hmm. it's true their their time together sometimes can last hours of playing pretend and going into these deep worlds, having different rooms set up for different adventures, but then things can also turn, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, but I feel like the turn is not as extreme. Um, It's more like you spend 24 hours together (laughs) and that's normal that you're going to have sibling issues. I mean, I think that with them, what I have to understand is that they actually don't know when to take space and Mm -hmm. they are magnets to each other when they're the more that they need space the more they're magnets to each other
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) okay so Cindy that was so interesting listening to Karen and Jordan sort of give us like an outline of what sibling relationships are like in their house. And there's definitely a a COVID factor there as well. But when you listen to that, like what is, what happens for parents in when siblings have rivalry, like what happens in a parenting journey, mind, emotion, when you hear stuff like that?
0: It's such a good question, Elisa. And I actually think Karen likely used the most perfect words to describe it because Karen said, when I asked her if she was if they were worried about the sibling relationships in their home, she said it was very painful. Yeah. And I think the truth of the matter is, as parents, if you have more than one child, it's very normal to have this wish and desire that your children will have such close relationships. We believe to some extent that first of all, we live together in a home. Uh, Kids are closer to, in age to one another than they are to parents. And so it seems like a natural opportunity for friendship. And I think sometimes at play in the parental mind is also this idea of, as parents, we're not going to be around forever. And so the notion of our kids being able to sustain and maintain close relationships well into adult, adulthood gives us a sense of peace. And when those relationships seem as if they're high conflict or derailing, it makes parents very worried about what it means, never mind the fact that sibling conflict can also feel really hard for parents to manage. So it's a really rough one. And it's definitely a topic that comes up in my practice all the time.
1: Right. And I think that I, I think it's probably one of those things that in those moments, parents get ahead of themselves. You worry about will my kids ever get along. Like you sort of like go in your brain to like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Like, how do you, how do parents tell the difference between, you know, regular sibling rivalry, which everybody has, and unhealthy sibling rivalry? Like what what would a parent walk away from this thinking, okay, I have a problem, I don't. That's such a good question. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna make like kind of sweeping statements about
0: this. So first of all, it's really important for every parent to know that a certain degree of sibling conflict is completely normal. And not only is it normal, but it's healthy. Because if we think of our homes, they're little training grounds for kids. And when we look at the complexity of relationship, so sure, kids go to school where they are typically connecting with all sorts of other kids their age, but the intensity of those relationships tend to not be the same as a sibling relationship. So with one sibling under their own roof, they get to practice being in an intimate relationship with somebody else with with a lot of intense emotion. They get to practice things like conflict management and conflict resolution. It is a wonderful training ground to equip kids with the skills needed to be in relationship with other people. And so I think when we look at when might sibling conflict become problematic, some of the things we wanna be looking at is the existence of aggression. I think we do have to draw a line when there is behavior happening that is causing injury to uh, one or all of the siblings. No matter what, we want our homes to be a safe place. It's not really possible to necessarily always avoid some aggression that might go on between siblings, but it is not the kind of thing that we would want to have on a regular basis. So if there is regular violence or aggression between kids, it's important to need to intervene or to get some help to intervene. The other thing I would say is, we want the conflict to be somewhat balanced. If there is always one child who essentially is the provocator or the instigator, and one child who is always the victim, always on the receiving end, that could be problematic because it's not a healthy dynamic that we would want either of our kids to get stuck in. And so that would be another situation where as a parent, we would want to try to get involved in terms of trying to balancing things out a little bit. And if that was tricky for parents, it would be a reasonable place to potentially seek out some help. So basically a lot of aggression or violence, a real inequality or imbalance of the way the conflict is going would be things to attend to. And the other thing is, it's really important to see some balance. So yes, there could be conflict, but we also want to make sure that there are moments where our kids are able to get along well and to have some moments of connection. And if that's not happening, that would also be something to pay attention to.
1: Right. Okay. So I guess the question now is like, what do you do about sibling rivalry? So let's listen in to see what Karen and Jordan, like, what do they do in their house? What does that look like?
0: So it's so funny when you say, it resonated with me, when the kids need it the most is when they are like magnets to one another the most. Mm -hmm. Like when they need space the most. Often, yeah. And so it's so tricky with kids. So this is what we know about kids. They can feel everything. They can behave their feelings. But the one thing they're typically not so good at because they're young, they're not so good at being able to like regulate the feelings and then articulate the feeling they have. So they behave it. Um, and so it's so interesting. It sounds like when your girls, you know, hit a wall or are each kind of in their own stuck space, they like want to go at each other even more. You know? <laughs> how do you handle sibling rivalry or, or the conflict? And I understand like now it, it kind of maybe doesn't feel as intense as it may have some time ago, but like, how would you handle it?
3: Uh I've, I've tried to follow one of the things that you suggested to us, which is letting them go some of the time and then intervening some of the time as well, so that they're working their conflict resolution muscles, but also that we are somewhat there to keep an eye on things and make sure they follow the rules per se. Um I find it really difficult I feel
2: like I kind of disassociate when it starts because I just there's so many it I feel it in my body they're like I they're big feelers and so am I and my kind of coping is to shut down and i I read all the books i listen to all the podcasts and then the moment it happens i just kind of shut down and then jordan tends to step in and help we both have our different um skill sets i'm better on the one-on-one debriefing versus Mm. in the moment
3: and they're really different in in how that presents too like elder will be very mad and very upset when younger is not Following what she wants her to do or she's you know not getting the same attention but the younger will really seek a lot of affirmation from the elder or she'll be come to us and say like I'm worried that the elder is mad at me you know the younger is actually very, very able to very articulate, articulate her feelings which yeah. helps us a lot um the elder is more the one who struggles and will act rather than speak
0: I mean there's something about that that offers, I guess, a little bit of balance in that you do have one who can kind of a bit better articulate and another who obviously has a bit of a harder time. I would imagine it's harder if both of them were, you know, intensely immersed in their feelings and unable to articulate it. Mm -hmm. Parent, I just want to tell you, so I know you said that like dealing with the sibling stuff, like maybe Jordan has like a special skill set there, but I would say like, even in my practice, sibling conflict is such a common trigger for a parent Mm. that it just well let me ask you like what is you said like you feel it in your body do you think you can identify like but what are you thinking like when your kids are fighting and if they're having like this persistent moment of like this dynamic keeps happening over and over again what are you worried about in a lot of ways me shutting down because I don't want to yell
2: and I find when I see especially my older one being so you know quote mean or aggressive but then underneath I know she's really holding a lot of pain and is showing me that she doesn't have the skills I go into kind of extreme thinking or something's wrong with her or I can't handle this or and then so for me shutting down is better than yelling and I don't want to be a parent that yells and it doesn't help anything and I also feel like just saying cliche things also doesn't help like stop it or
0: (laughs) don't do that right because that really works for anybody (laughs) right I do I feel like
3: you also have like you were you were potentially triggered like you also have sibling rivalry past issues I don't feel like I have that in the same way like you as the younger child you kind of had that same dynamic with your brother he was like often the older one you you were like trying to make him happy and
2: I'm I don't know about that I'm just generally a feeler and when there's I hold other people's emotions so then I'm holding our younger I'm holding our older I'm holding mine I'm holding I should be a good therapist (laughs) I should be a good mom and then it's like shut down or
0: yell and it becomes an extreme you just gave yourself like a near unachievable job description actually <laughs> with what you just identified Thing thing that has
2: you know we really from the beginning tried to be playful around talking about friendship moves and friendship blocks and that language at first i didn't think oh that's not gonna work but then it really has helped and even our younger one will say to our older one you need to do friendship moves now. Um, and she's only three.
1: <laughs> so Cindy, there's so much for, that we heard in that clip, there's so much to unpack here. Um, what are your thoughts on what you heard from Karen and Jordan?
0: So Lisa, you're so right. Um, you know, Which is why I, I think we chose for this to be a topic because there is so much to say about it when we think about our sibling, um, sibling relationship and, and conflict. So one of the things that really struck me was when Jordan talked about how sometimes she'll intervene in the conflict between their kids and sometimes she won't. And she used this beautiful phrase, sometimes I won't intervene because I want my kids to flex their conflict resolution muscle, which is so so beautiful, like so poetic and so true. Because if we think back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier in this podcast, the idea of home is a training ground to learn to manage conflict for our kids. And so here, what Jordan is telling us is that she's affording her girls to have the opportunity to flex that muscle. Now, obviously, I mean, we didn't go into too much detail, but I'm quite sure that Karen and Jordan, when they see that their girls are unable to, or when things have gotten too big or too hot, of course they step in. But they really want to afford their kids some opportunity to to build and strengthen uh, the muscles and their girls capacity to resolve conflict, which is a life skill. If you are going to be in human relationship of any kind, it is important to know how to manage conflict. And, And so the other thing that was so striking to me, and it also echoes what we were talking about earlier, and I feel, Elisa, like what you and I talk about all the time, is how parenting, it's not just about growing, developing, teaching, redirecting one's child. Parenting is so much about how one's own emotional body serves as a compass for the actual parent. And so Karen was so honest when she was talking about this visceral feeling that she gets when her girls are fighting and, and she herself recognizes that she's having a lot of feelings about it and she feels it in her body. And I think, I mean, we will never, um, this will never be overstated in our podcast because I think this is what we're trying so hard to acknowledge is that parenting is such an emotional journey and, and the highs and the lows and the moments we are humans as parents and we feel things and get triggered all the time. And so much of the way we parent is actually driven by our emotional bodies. And sometimes not even by our actual kids' behaviors or personalities. It's our own stuff. And and it makes parenting
1: really tricky. Yeah. And I could totally relate to it because even like my kids are five years apart, almost five years apart. So I don't have sibling rivalry in the same way, but when they fight, my whole chest tightens up. And I get this like rage, like, it's like, like nails on a chalkboard and like, you just like you, it's, it's pure. And so it's so, and so it's so interesting because she said that she shuts down so that she doesn't yell. And I don't even pause for a second. I go straight to yell. (laughs) (laughs) That's so honest to Lisa, but it's true. And I think I have to get the rage out so she can decompress her rage, but I can't, she shuts down. I go, boom. Absolutely.
0: I mean, we talk all the time about helping our kids regulate their emotions. That's not easy business. And as full blown adults with fully developed brains, we as parents struggle with managing our own emotions. And it's just part of being human and being aware. So I'm just going to make a quick comment because it's a really interesting strategy. And, and it's actually one that Jennifer Colari with Connected Parenting kind of developed or, or at least brought the language in for Jordan highlighted this idea of friendship moves and friendship blocks. But I just have to intervene and say
1: this is something that we do at First Foundations. It's and Karen said we our three year old does it, and she's just three. We do it with our three year olds. It's amazing. So parents, listen to this. It's so it's such a good strategy. I'm in love with it. It's
0: really very simple um, in theory. So the idea of friendship moves and friendship blocks. A friendship move is an action, a statement, a behavior that invites friendship closeness tenderness kindness and a friendship block is essentially the opposite a friendship block is a behavior a comment um a statement that blocks friendship it could be unkind it could be hurtful it could be uh self-centered or demanding whatever it might be and so the idea is you would sit down with your kids and you would introduce them this you would introduce this concept to them not in the moment of a conflict. This would be like dinner conversation, a totally calm moment where you tell your kids and explain to them the idea of like some things make people feel really, really good and make us have such good friends, you know, acts of kindness. You make the list and you're saying some things that someone might do make friendship really hard. And so, you know what, girls, or if you have boys or boy and a girl, you know what, kids? I really, really, really want to hear more of the way you both have such beautiful friendship moves. You know, Joey, remember how yesterday you shared your toy with your sister? That was a friendship move. You know, Elizabeth, remember the other day where you invited Joey to come and play the game with you? That was a friendship move. And so I'd love to hear more. And then what you do is that when your kids are actually interacting with one another, and if you do start to hear some of the conflict bubbling up, All you need to do is literally call from the other room, you know, hey guys, love that you're playing together, really want to hear a few more friendship moves, a little less of the friendship blocks. And then as soon as you hear some of those friendship moves happening, then you get to call back in and say, oh my guys, love, love these friendship moves that I'm hearing. And sometimes the minute the kids hear that feedback, it inspires them to want to do more and more of it. So it's a very soft, tender way of helping kids realize that they have some control and impact on the relationships that they have, while also encouraging really good behavior.
1: We are so grateful to Karen and Jordan for sharing, opening up their family and their home to us. Um, We got real insight from them and from Cindy into sibling rivalry and how common it is in a, you know, family home with more than one child Um, and how, you know, it's almost a healthy part of family life, Um, but it's also really triggering for parents. And we really heard that um, particularly with Karen today, just how triggering it is for her. Um, we talked about my favorite about friendship moves and friendship blocks. I'm such a, I'm such an advocate of, of that strategy just cause I've seen it work in such little kids and I've seen the teachers in the school have such success with it. Um, we really encourage you if you want to learn more about it, um, and want to hear more about, um, how different strategies on how to approach sibling rivalry, you can listen to Jennifer Colary's connected parenting podcast. It's episode 21, Um, And it's called When Siblings Fight. So that'll give you a really nice tie over to um, really sort of consolidate some of the stuff that we talked about today. So please join us next week. We are going to talk about something that I know for me personally has been such a huge part of my mental health in this pandemic, which is parental guilt. Um, And the guilt that we feel, I don't think there's any parent on the planet who's gone through this pandemic and cannot connect to this um subject matter so we are going to meet a new mom named Krista um, and she's going to help us dive into this really um you know really this subject matter that will I think resonate with all of our listeners so thank you for joining us this week and we'll look forward to connecting with you next week